Hi guys, uh, it's Mark Collins from Venari Partners. I head up the retail and consumer practice for us. Um, I'm joined today by Heather Naylor. Welcome, Heather. Thank you. Um, I've known Heather for, what, 10 years now or so? Uh, yeah, 10 or 11 years. Um, I helped Heather sort of uh, make her first shift into industry um, a while back now, and since then she's gone on to do some significant stuff back in consultancy. So, um, yeah, it'll be good to catch up, Heather. Um, so you've been specialising in retail and consumer since going back into consultancy? Yep, that's right. So, in fact, ever since I first moved into industry, so the last 10 years, been exclusively working in retail and consumer and actually very much on the retail side of things. So from, from that perspective, uh, things have shifted a lot, obviously, with COVID and whatnot. But what have been the sort of the main sort of trends within that space over the last sort of 12 months or so? Um, well, obviously, you mentioned COVID, which is the really obvious one as we've been kind of coming out of COVID. I think the most surprising trend maybe that, that a lot of people didn't expect to see is in COVID, we were all sat at home, everyone was ordering stuff online, we saw lots of, you know, really innovative things that companies were doing around meal kits, things being delivered to your home. But actually, since then, there's been a really big resurgence in stores. So online sales have actually really dropped off over the last 12 months or so, as people have been really kind of wanting that in real life experience again. Um, But the flip side of that is I don't think a lot of retailers are necessarily seeing that translate into big sales in stores so yes they're getting the footfall but customers aren't necessarily buying in the same way due to the cost of living crisis and a lot of the increases so we're still seeing store closures Um, I know some of my clients um, and some of the retailers I've worked with really struggling with the cost base increasing as well over the last couple of years Um, and also with the workforce you know I was only reading this week or last week um, in the Guardian around you know lots of people People have dropped out of the workforce um, in COVID and I'm sure anyone now who works walks down a high street you can see all the shops all the bars all the restaurants all have signs in them saying staff wanted um, and that's you know that's been a really big problem just finding people to work. So do you think that you know across the board that's the main challenge in terms of finding the right skill set? I wouldn't say it's the main challenge. I think to me, the main challenge is the rise in the cost base. So if you look at um, the supply chain, that's massively increased um, in terms of transport costs, the logistics costs, the cost of warehousing, um, because we have had a lot of disruption, not just due to COVID, but also obviously the war in Ukraine. Um, you know, I'm seeing lots of retailers who are bringing back kind of nearshoring, yeah. manufacturing closer to home. Um, that gives you a lot more resilience in your supply chain, but obviously it also increases the cost from when you're sourcing in the Far East. Um, yes, the cost of the workforce, so hiring people, training people, retaining them, you know, the minimum wage has increased. Energy costs have gone up. I mean, if you went through the PL of a retailer, pretty much every single cost line has gone up. Okay. So in terms of that, is that does that become quite a priority for, for your clients? Yeah, definitely. For the clients I've been working with over the last sort of 12 to 18 months, it's all been about how do they cut costs. But I think whereas previously it had been, you know, let's nibble away at this line, let's nibble away at that line. Instead, now they're having to think a little bit more fundamentally about how do they do things differently. Um, And if you take some of the grocers, for example, um, for them, actually, it's all around how are they going to rationalize their ranges? They can't afford to have the choice, have the breadth of product on the shelves that they're used to anymore. Is that is that due to the fact that it's 
it's it's they have to be more cost savvy in terms of the, the space and the formats they use. They have to minimise the range. Is is that the, what you're saying? Or it's it's the cost of keeping products in stock. Okay. So it's much easier if you have a smaller product range, and that's why you know if you look back kind of five, probably even getting on for ten years actually now, the rise of Aldi and Lidl, what helped them keep their cost base low was having that much smaller, much more narrow range. It's just much easier then to get it through your supply chain, um, you know, get it into your stores. And now we're seeing some of the big grocers, for example, having to look at what they are selling because they can't afford afford that range. Um, similarly, you know, if you're looking in the kind of the fashion sector, um, for there again, it's around what is the product they're selling, what is the consumer they're actually appealing to, um, and then really looking at that and the fundamentals of that to then decide what their business model is going to be. It isn't just a case of you know we'll we'll try and negotiate harder with our suppliers this season. We'll try and get the cost down. They're going to have to do something differently. So if you could give any one piece of advice to retailers at the moment, whether it be grocery or, or luxury, what would it be? I would say really think about what is the absolute differentiator for you as a business. What is the reason that a consumer shops with you? Focus on that and then everything else is just noise. You know, you need to do what, you, what you're special for and what makes you unique. You need to do that really, really well. Everything else, you should just be looking to optimize, automate, do as low cost as possible. Given that um, it seems to me that a lot of the consultancies are uber, uber busy at the moment, um, how do you think they are gonna be able to keep up with the demand for that with their consultants? It's an interesting question. I mean, you know, I've been in consulting long enough now to see where we've had really, really, really peak periods and also some real fallow periods as well. And I think what a lot of consultancies do struggle with is kind of matching that supply and demand. Um, Do I think they'll be able to keep up? I mean... I've never worked anywhere where you want to turn around, turn away work. So I think for sure they'll find a way to keep up. I mean, I know at the moment lots of consultancies are looking at hiring from a greater breadth of profiles than maybe they would normally. What does that look like? So historically, in my experience, I found that, you know, once you sort of get out of those entry level roles in consulting, um, in general, they've been kind of not so keen on hiring people from industry. You know, if you're in one consultancy, you can go to another one and people kind of do the merry-go-round. But I think now there's been a real recognition, actually, of the the um you know the knowledge and the experience that hiring, works, right? yeah, hiring people from industry is you know it's it's so much more credible when you're going to a client and you haven't got a team of people who've only ever been consultants but instead can say actually i've been there i've been a buyer i've been a merchandiser or i've worked in the supply chain team um so i think there's definitely going to be you know more flexibility in the hiring profiles more diversity which i think is a really good thing um and otherwise, I don't know, there's always chat GPT, isn't there? Do you think, I mean, from, from a hiring point of view, if you were to hire someone that's got more tenure, i.e. like a, a potentially looking at a senior manager coming in, is it more likely that that profile would be able to come from industry into consultancy rather than the other way? I think it depends on what the person's done in industry. I think... There are a couple of things that are very specific to consultancy at the more senior grades around how you manage projects, how you manage teams, and not not just your own team, which you would typically have in industry, um, how you sell to clients, how you structure projects, how you can you know, write a proposal and pitch to a client. Um, at that kind of senior manager level, 
sometimes people in industry don't have some of those skills that you're really looking for. On the other hand, you know, I've seen people come in as senior managers who've maybe done consulting in the kind of early days of their project and then in their um, industry roles had maybe more kind of strategic and commercial roles. And those types of profiles tend to kind of translate quite well. Whereas, you know, somebody who's maybe coming over as a head of merchandising, that can be a little bit of a stickier transition. But essentially what you look for is a real combination of both IQ and EQ. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Fantastic. Well, listen, I really appreciate the insight, Heather. Um, I wish you the best in consultancy. And um, yeah, we'll speak soon, hopefully. Thanks very much.